Yo, it's me again. I think this is what the second second week was it two weeks ago? A week ago? I don't even know. <laughs> Anyways, um, introduce myself again. My name is Amanda. Um, welcome to the podcast. It's all about growth, um, and you know, understanding, learning things, whatever, yada yada. How's it going, everyone? I hope your week was fine. Things went. You know, what went well, work, school, whatever you had was bearable. You learned something new. Tomorrow's Memorial Day, so everybody should genuinely, genuine, generally, everybody has it off tomorrow. So if you do have it off, good, go out, have a barbecue or stay home and watch TV like me because that's what I want to do. It's too hot. Florida right now, today they're like, yeah, it's going to be like the hottest um, days of the, for the next two days, going to be so hot. Um, it's even hotter than it was like two years ago during this time. It's supposed to be like a hundred and plus degrees outside. So (laughs) your girl is going to stay nice and cozy inside a cold house underneath my sheets because that's what I do. (laughs) It's too hot to be outside. Um, any, anyways, anything new happened for you guys? Not that I can hear about it, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, For me, my mom um, and I, well, mainly I got, I wanted my mom to have a dog because once I leave, I don't want her in the house by herself. It's always nice to know that there's someone or something there with her. And, you know, she decided that she was ready for another dog. So we went to the pound um, last weekend. We went Saturday and Sunday. And basically went through like the whole run of the mill of the dogs like the kennel itself it's a animal shelter that's run by the sheriff's office here and um the shelter was completely full which meaning like as far as adoptable dogs that they had out in in the cages that you can actually look through and take out they had at least 30 something dogs maybe more out front but then there's like a back area that has more dogs and cats, et cetera, that are, had to go through like the veterinarian and go through all that process first before they're brought out to the front. So anyways, because of the fact that they're so full of dogs that they waived the adoption fee for whatever, for this time until they're, the the amount of dogs and cats or whatever are lower than what it is now because apparently it's really high. Um, so fortunately, yeah, we went in. We fell well, we fell in love with this dog that um wasn't adoptable. And let me take it back for a second. So what happens is when there's a stray brought in or somebody relinquishes their rights for their dog and brings them in, they have to keep the dog um separated from everyone else, all the other dogs for five days. And then meaning like if they found a stray and nobody comes in to claim that stray between that five days. Then after that five days, then the dog can be adopted out by anybody. So they leave them out there for people to see, to choose from. You can bring them out, yada, yada. But if they're not able, if they're, you can't adopt them that day. So what happens is they put you on a lottery system, which it will make sense. 
when I when we first adopted our dog from the same shelter like 14 15 years ago um what we, what we did was we went in we liked her put the paperwork through they're like cool you live in a house apartment blah blah, blah. like oh, okay cool um yada yada wing bang boom you got her the next day they had a you know they put the dog in for um getting spayed or neutered the day um the dog is supposed to be adopted out so it was just easy process like you come in come out blah but because so many people would adopt dogs or cats or whatever and then take them home and then for whatever reason they didn't adhere to what the the kennel people staff had told them about the dog generally what happens either somebody realizes it's something that they weren't ready to deal with or the dog has tendencies they didn't like or they didn't give the dog enough you know enough time and patience to acclimate to their surroundings because it takes you know it's just like getting to know someone you don't know this person it's like a friend a person or a stranger you don't know everybody's a stranger until you get to know them so as far as a dog goes the same concept is the same thing with a dog they don't know you you don't know them you don't know their past whatever so it takes time but what happens is a lot of people bring them back and they had so many issues with the fact that so many people would bring these dogs and these cats back that it was just becoming a problem so they introduced the lottery system basically means when a dog comes in which is a stray you know within that five days if the person doesn't come to claim them but you for whatever reason you fell in love you fell in love fell in oh I can't even speak today you fall in love with a dog um during that five day window you are put into a lottery system with other people so with our situation we found this dog he's two years old um we found him on Sunday last week and we we're like oh I like him personality is great just calm demeanor um just like any dog he's still two he's two years old so he's not a puppy but he's not he's still kind of like an you know young adult so he has a lot to learn um but he was just sweet overall follows you everywhere um just relaxes and is just a good dog like you could tell that this dog had some sort of training prior to but he was found as a stray so either the people just let him go and didn't care or whatever reason it doesn't matter so anyways we were put in the lottery river system that day which we were not he was not adoptable until the Thursday. So anybody could come through and add their name to the lottery list between Sunday and Thursday. Um, so Thursday rolls around. I call in and I'm like, hey, we'll be there tonight because you have to be there by 530 for the lottery drawing. Um, come in. And at the time I called at like 11 o'clock in the morning, there was nobody else on the list with him until I got there at 530. And then it was, there was one other person there was, a, it was a guy with his little daughter, a little princess dress. I, I feel sort of bad, but not cause it's a lottery system. It's what it is. You know, I would have been crushed too, if I didn't get the dog, but yeah, rolls around Thursday comes around. It's just between me and this other guy. And we ended up with him and I ended up naming him Enzo. So he's Enzo is a two year old pit mix or yeah, I mean, pits are a type of terrier, but pit mix um he's 39 pounds he was he's really skinny um so he had either been astray for quite some time uh I don't think those owners whomever had him before just let him go or whatever he got out and they didn't care because he you know you could see his ribs you could feel his his bones on his back 
he, he has to gain a little bit of weight. So he'll probably end up in the upwards of about 50 pounds, which is about the same size of our previous dog, Nova. She was about 45, almost 50 pounds when she was fully grown or fully fed. So he'll be, I think he'll be a little bit bigger than her because he is a male and he has a little bit of a bigger head than she did. But other than that, they look very similar, similar like color. He has like a a light brownish um, fur and a white patch um, on his paws and his stomach. And just, yeah, very just chill dog. And he just sits around, you know, follows you easily, not that easily excited. And he's just pretty chill. Took him in for training yesterday which was pretty good, you know, just like with any dog, you just have to keep practicing certain things. So he's learned how to sit and leave it. Just got to learn how to not pull and get too excited around other dogs. But for the most part, he's a, for a majority of the part, he's a really good dog. So anyways, that's new news for me. Um, not much else going on per se. So yeah, going into next week, tomorrow, Monday off, which is great. I love having Mondays off. I know people are like, oh, Fridays are a good day to have off, but Mondays are probably like the best because, you know, Sundays are rough. You come in and next, you're like, no, I don't want to be here. And since, you know, tonight, Game of Thrones, as you all know, ended last week. And tonight is a two hour documentary on it. So I will be tuned into that, which is great. I'm glad it worked out. It was like, man, I don't want to stay up until 11 o'clock. I have to be up at three. For those of you guys who don't know, I get up at three o'clock in the morning every day because that's what my body does. I just, I get up and I go to the gym for like an hour and a half to two hours um, every morning, generally Monday through Saturday or Sunday. Sometimes I've gone seven days a week, but primarily it's been five to six days a week. Um, So yeah, tonight, tune in if you guys like Game of Thrones. I love film and I'm not like a film buff, but I love film in the aspect of knowing that it what it takes to make the product, the finished product. And that excites me. So seeing this documentary is going to be so good. I can't wait. Like I love, love, love that kind of stuff. Anyways, let's, let's move on to maybe some news-ish of the week. So in news, okay, I'm only going to talk about a couple of things. Um, again, I'm not, I don't know if I stated in my last one, the system of like democracy in the States are voting and everything. And the line part, the party lines that we have, you know, liberals and Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, I, I, I would prefer you know, two party system that worked well, that everybody worked together, you know, take, or even three, like all liberals, which liberals and sometimes Democrats kind of hang on the same playing field a little bit. But again, there's no perfect, perfect system. Um, however, with that being said, I personally, opinionly would prefer to have a mixed bag of all of the sides you know I don't heavily agree with most of the stuff on the Republican side don't always agree with everything on the Democrat side but more sway to that and liberals I understand you know I see where they're coming from too I would just prefer a nice healthy smattering 
of all the systems put together that works well and has the country working well and everybody on the same page. But we all know this is not a utopia and that's not going to happen anytime soon. With that being said, um, we have a president, which I don't really, I don't endorse. I don't follow. I don't back him. Um, I'm not, you know, his administration. No administration is perfect. So I'm not here to, you know, we're not here to compare, contrast, but I understand that's what people do. Um, but no administration is perfect. However, this administration just seems to be a, a rough patches. I, I, you know, at this moment, I just, uh, but anyways, the administration is run by, I mean, the head right now of our country is Trump. Um, and Trump this past week, as usual, <laughs> there's no week, day, whatever, that he doesn't write something or tweet something, whatever, that's something he does. It happens all the time. And we are not, I guess we're desensitized to it. We're not surprised, but we still are surprised, which I would rather be still surprised and not act like these things aren't happening because I don't want to get to the point to where I'm just kind of like, ah, that's what he does. Like, no, that's not right. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, identify. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, none of it. I don't, you know, I'm not okay with it, but it does happen. Anyways, this recent one, Trump and his wife are in Japan at the moment and he decided to tweet maybe five, six hours ago, which on our time, it's early him. He's on, it's on the side of the world. So it's late at night, but he, I guess he's, it sounds like he just woke. He just walked into his like place and was just like, I, what happened to that Jesse Smollett? Jesse Smollett. Let me bring him up now again. Refresher Jesse Smollett. What is the black actor from empire who was gay that apparently allegedly, uh, falsified a report of a hate crime that was committed on him. Um, again, we don't know whether or not it's true or not because his case was closed and sealed for anybody. So nobody really knows, which apparently that's going to change. I guess they're trying to get it to where it's unsealed, but we were, we were left without answers, um, whether or not he did or did not do it. So right now it's, you know, innocent until proven guilty. He wasn't proven guilty or innocent so he just was there was nothing we just know that something happened and it was reported and that's it but mr trump decided to bring up uh at his, some sort of thing i don't know or whatever reason on to tweet he tweeted that he believed he described smollett's actions as a hate crime and this is basically what he says um in addition to great incompetence and corruption, the Smollett case in Chicago is also about a hate crime. Remember, MAGA country did it. That turned out to be a total lie. Had nothing to do with MAGA country. Serious stuff. And not even an apology to millions of people. So, this is a tweet by somebody's president. Now, I think a couple of my own issues, but one of my issues with Trump is that you're in a, the highest level of position over of authority in the United States of America, and you're going to have every, as every person pre, and president, whatever position, you're not going to have people who are, 
You're going to have people who love you, people who do, who love you and, but still check you. You're going to have people who don't love you and will check you. And you have people who hate you and will always check you and have expectations, but everybody has a certain level of expectations. And for the, the level of expectations for the president of the United States is at a higher level. You expect him to be level-headed, to be wise, or at least wiser with his word choices, how he presents himself, yada, yada. Pre- Trump, daily, hourly, bi-hourly, whatever, proves that he is just a little bit unhinged. His personality, his thoughts... He does and says whatever he wants. And I know that it's something that people who vouch for him love about him because he's such an honest man and he does and says whatever he wants. If we need that kind of thing, when you know if a woman did that, then a woman is considered she can't be that way. She's being aggressive and she's she's um, probably hormonal and whatnot. But, you know, I digress. If it is OK, because it's Trump and he's a man and it's OK because that's what he's known for. And that's OK. That's why I'm whispering. Um, but the point is, like, I, I'm not I'm not surprised that this happening and this is happening and I'm not, you know, it, it is what he does. And I, again, like I said before, like, I'm not going to be that type. Like, I will always say, wow, this is unbelievable. I cannot believe he said, I will continue. And I will continue to say it even though I know that's what he does. But I expect more from him. And it just seems like, the expectations from some Americans or uh, how it's been perceived via the media as a whole, like Americans, some Americans are just okay with the rhetoric and things that he says. Like you, if this were somebody else or whatever situation, you would not have it for this person. If Obama said the same, the things that Trump is saying, y'all would have had a fit. He would have been impeached. It would have been crazy, crazy amount of things happening. So yeah, there's a difference. I don't care. A woman says something like that. She's going to have a certain thing, but it's okay because it's Trump. And I can't, I cannot stand that. I know it's not okay. It doesn't matter who it is. It is not okay. So, and then he also tweeted something, I think yesterday about, um, the Kim Jong-un, um, dictator of North Korea, like I guess Kim Jong-un right now. And again, like, I don't know if you guys, if you didn't listen to any of my previous podcasts, I used to live in Korea, South Korea. I taught English over there for three years. So, and I lived in, I lived an hour South of Seoul, which is in Kangwondo Providence, which is the biggest province in South Korea. And Seoul is a bus ride away. And once you get into Seoul, I would go to the blue house, which is basically on like the cusp of the DMZ, which is the demilitarized zone that's between North Korea and South Korea. So literally you just, you go into Seoul and you go to certain areas, you're looking over to North Korea. It's there. You know that they're right over there between all the, the trees and the forests in between that zone, they're on the other side. So it's not like they're that far. If they wanted to shoot something over and blow up Seoul, they could. And things always happen. Like they would you know, there was a time, I think it was in 2012 or something, when North Korea shot over some missiles and hit one of their ships, North uh, South Korea's ships, and a couple people died. And there's a, there's always something that's happening within this, the, this, the countries. 
that aren't always publicized or media or the media doesn't get a hold of, but it happens. But we, I lived there. There was a threat of new, you know, missiles coming over to South Korea all the time. And South Koreans went about their business and you know what, when in Rome, do as Romans do. So when in Rome, that's what I did. Um, so you don't, you know, it, which is kind of a, a, you understand why. And then you're kind of like, man, this is how this dude could really, he could really do some damage because guards are always let down there as, as far as the citizens go. Now, as far as the military goes, they're always probably on high alert because you never know what could happen. But the point is the man, Kim Jong-un is a dictator. His countrymen are under his rule, are completely isolated from the world who don't, you know, have resources, many of whom are poor. And it's just this president that is over the United States loves this man. And, you know, basically is just saying, he basically, in paraphrasing, was like, I know Kim Jong-un is talking about, you know, these missiles, but we're good friends and buddies. Like, he wouldn't do anything like that to harm us. But if, you know, pretty boy, I think he said pretty boy Joe Biden, like, Biden, like I said, Biden, like it's spelled, he spelled it incorrectly, but you know, whatever, um, is, would be in power. Like he basically just poking fun at Joe Biden as being like, not strong enough to, um, make choices. Like Trump is the one that does it. He is so petty. He's a petty president. Like you, instead of, you know, shutting your mouth, closing the doors, talking to people, your advisors about your issues, you take it to Twitter because you know you're you're fueling this fire and you're okay with that. Which again, Twitter and Facebook and all those places, you know, they are very hypocritical because they let things slide from him, but they wouldn't let that slide with other people, which I digress. Of course, we all know he's a president and he probably says, I can say whatever the heck I want and you guys are not going to take me off. And Twitter's like, yeah, sounds about right. So anyways, that's just something that happened just recently. And I, I mean, I bring up Trump only because, you know, the election's coming up soon. There are 20, 24 people in the running for the Democrats. 24. And I'm still like, are there any Republicans? Will there be any Republicans? Will Trump actually let any Republicans try to go up against him? That's the question I would like to know. And we'll probably find out in the next coming months or maybe the beginning of Jan- uh, next year. We'll find out whether some Republican candidates feel like they could take over Trump's, you know, take it from him, which I don't know. I feel like he's probably going to like, m- like monopoly, like that thing, like not nah, I'll pay you this. Nobody runs against me. I'm the only one. I feel like that's what could happen. And even if he did and there's someone that runs against him, I don't even know who, like there's nobody that's been out. Anyways, the point is, I that's something that's in the news. Trump is always in the news. His tweets are always in the news. I'm saying this to say, like, I'm not here to be comfortable with it. I will never be comfortable. I will always be on high alert with what he says because you know what? When a man says, when a man says what he's gonna do, like these things that he says and does is what he is. It's who he is. And if you can't acknowledge that and see that then there's that's your choice you're choosing to be blinded and you're choosing to not acknowledge it but anyways that's that was something a news article based off the next the past couple of days there have been a lot of things that are happening but I can't talk about everything those are things that just jump into my mind at the moment quickly or excuse me not quickly so moving on 
to something I wanted to discuss today, and that is budgeting and apps that deal with investing, budgeting and saving your money, and for you to see where your money is going. So we're talking about, you know, an adulting kind of thing. It's real. We are adults out here. We are adulting like crazy. So let's talk about that. So here we go. Adulting, part of adulting 101, a lot of people, either A, you have had some sort of like, under, you, you were taught it sort of in school, and then your parents might have taught you, or you learned it in college or uni, or somebody around you explained to you what it was, or you saw it on the television show. Everybody has some sort of understanding of what budgeting is. But as far as applying it and knowing where to start and what to do with it, most of the time people don't or they know that they should have a a budget, but they're like, eh, I pay my bills, I eat my food and blah, blah, blah. And that's it. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, However, there is so much more that you can do with your money and so many open opportunities and possibilities for you to grow and have a handle on your money as an adult. My own experience with understanding budget, you know, you're first, you're taught everything primarily from the people who are your prime care, carers, providers, whether you have your mom and dad or just mom or just dad or grandparents or aunts, uncle, whoever is your, your primary adult growing up, whatever their, their, um, their habits as far as spending is that's the first place of uh introduction to spending and budgeting is from seeing what your parents did. I grew up in a single parent household partially. So I grew up with my primarily my mom, she's a single parent. She went through she was in the military, then went to school, was is a teacher now and has been a teacher for almost 20 years. And then we I we moved in with my grandmother, and my grandmother is both my parents, or my parents, my grand, my grandmother's from uh, Antigua, so the West Indies, like all those islands where like Jamaica and Trinidad, Tobago, all those islands, that's where Antigua is. So that's where my grandmother's from. So in part, my mom is um, West Indian, you know, was raised by a bunch of West Indians. My mom, although raised by a bunch of West Indians, was born and raised for the primary, primarily her teenage years to, you know, her whole life until she was about 18. And she lived in England. She grew up in London. So she has that dynamic. She West Indian and England. And then they moved to the States. So now she has American um, ideals that are formulating how she sees the world and what she should do with things. So going back to saying like West Indians and all the islanders that are out there in Caribbean, generally when it comes to money, if you meet a lot of Jamaicans, you meet a lot of um, West Indians, you know they are about finding a deal, saving their money, not messing with their money, doing stuff in their money, investing. But if they do all those things, they never tell each other about it. They don't tell your family members. They don't tell their kids. They don't tell them anything. They just say, this is how you spend money, blah, blah. There really isn't... There really isn't any teaching involved. Now, I'm saying it's a blanket statement. 
and and I don't want to say that every single person who is from the islands and Caribbean, their parents are like that. It just genuinely there's you know generally widespread knowledge that there's some things that you know they don't talk about. So that being said, again going back to me, growing up with my mom who was raised by Wissanian, whom we both lived under her roof. When it came to money, I was never taught within the home about money. I was just observant. And being an only child and with a mom who was my provider, my understanding of money at a young age was that I have to be careful. It's just my mom. She's taking care of me and her. And it's things are expensive. And I have to, I don't need all these things. I had to, at a young age, I just was like, I don't need name brand stuff I would like it but I'm okay as long as I get you know I have the things that I need but I was never the type that was so like I need to have uh name brand whatever I need to have um Nikes and Adidas and all that like I knew my limitations to things because my mom was the one that was providing and she was struggling I mean we there was one point only one point in time when we had to have food stamps and I remember we went to a store to get food and my mom was just, you could see on her face how devastated and how embarrassed she felt about spending, um, using, and back then, I don't know how they have snap cards, whatever it is now, but back then they used to be these, the, the, the bills they gave you were just like, I think they were like bigger and like, they're very, um, apparent that they're not actual money. So when you brought it in, people just knew that you are on food stamps. It was just, you know, a very demeaning type of way. And that's another thing to talk about, but we're not going to go there. But anyways, it's very demeaning. You know, it's very apparent, so overt that people know that you are struggling financially, that you have to get money from the government. Um, but I just remember my mom was just like, don't tell anybody about this. And I'm just like, and at that time, I mean, I had the wherewithal to be like, I knew what it was, but I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm like, doesn't matter to me. To me, I, again, like if you hear a lot of people who come up with families that are, you know, they're, they are, were poor or whatever, or, you know, middle class or whatever, um, their parents didn't make their kids feel like they were a lot more poor than what they actually were. And, you know, give you understanding, like we were living with my grandmother, which I'm in our house right now, but my grandmother has a huge house. It's a three bedroom home. Um, that is just spacious and everything is in it. All the things are taken care of. We, you know, you have the refrigerator with the ice cubes coming out. And those of you who grew up in the nineties, you know what I'm talking about. You were rich. (laughs) But for me, I felt like being in this house made me feel as though I'm set. Like I got everything I need. It's a pretty good sized house. I'm living and I can't complain. Like all the things that I needed were taken care of. So I never felt like I was poor and I never felt like there was anything wrong with my mom getting the things that she needed to do, had no problem. But I would say with that, my mom was embarrassed and that was the one and only time she ever used food stamps. She would never again use them ever again after that. And um, yeah, I get food stamps, it's a good thing, but it could be embarrassing and people, it, it is a very, yeah, it's a rough thing to go through. Um, so again, my idea of money from my mom, because there was no real discussion about it, um, you know, I just knew I was just in tune and aware that I cannot ask to do or for these things outside of these means because I know my mom can't pay for it. 
She didn't have to say it. I just knew it. Um, and so that was it. I just watched her spend money and then she would, I would occasionally hear things about like credit cards and things that she was in debt for and she would get, you know, you know, stressed out about that. And yeah, so that was like, okay, so I have to just, we just not ask. And then my grandmother on the opposite end has this three bedroom home that she paid for in cash basically. Well, almost, well, she paid for most of it, but for whatever reason decided to not pay it off. Um, and did reverse mortgage. And that's another thing I keep bringing up these things that have nothing to do with it. Anyways, my grandmother was good at money. Like my mom would always say, your grandmother's good at money. You know, she would always have, she had a huge savings account. She would always talk about this. And my mom would, and my grandmother always discuss things. And my grandma would help my mom out when she was short on, on things. So yeah, you could tell that my mom's understanding of money based off of what my grandmother had taught her, which was nothing was, you know, she didn't know what to do. She wasn't aware. She had no wherewithal and understanding how to do that. And since that's her way, she was taught that, she basically taught me the same thing. You know, the idea of going to school, you got to take out loans. And when you get those loans, you got to take out all loans because it gives you a little bit of a cushion. And that's what she did. And then, you know, same thing. She taught me, she, she did. And none of it, you know, in hindsight, you know, it's good at the time, but reality is those things that we are taught in society, especially when it comes to loans and credit cards is really toxic and not good. Um, and then none of that during all that time was a budget ever explained to me. And, you know, yeah, you have the one class in school that you have, like, you learn how to balance a checkbook, a book and all that yada, yada, but it really never solidify the idea of budgeting that money that you have to buy things. So I I remember like the, when it hit me that if I want to buy something like that's kind of like pricey, like let's say like some sort of video game that I want to buy, but I only got paid this much money and I want to buy it now. The idea of waiting for something to buy it later didn't really occur to me until I got older. And then it was like, oh, I don't have to. I could just take a little bit at a time and save up for it and then get it by then. And then I don't have anything to worry about. So again, the idea of budgeting wasn't a thing. Now, when I was, I want to say 23, 24, I was introduced to a man named Dave Ramsey. So Dave Ramsey, quick um, background on him. He's a millionaire who was a millionaire at one. He did a, he did something. I don't remember what he was doing, but he made a lot of money and then got, and was in a lot of debt and then got so in debt that he had to go bankrupt and had to start over him and his family. He had him and his wife and his kids. So he had a really bad understanding of money and credit and loans that got so out of hand that he had to declare bankruptcy. And when that happened in his life, when he had to declare bankruptcy was when he was like, I'm not doing this again. What am I going to do? How am I going to change that? So he decided that he was going to revamp all that he did. His budget was revolving around not having to do a credit card, paying everything in cash and investing in his future retirement fund and investing in his kids and all those things. But cash was king is king is basically what he says quote unquote that's what he says and 
when I went through that course, it's like a 10 week course. So they talk about everything about where to start, where you want to end, how to get there, how to invest. All of that is rolled up in one. But the main thing I will give to you guys is a lot of information. Again, Dave Ramsey, he even has a morning show that you can listen to. Go online to DaveRamsey.com. It has like a, I think the course is like $99, but it's just one-time fee and you get to be a part of that group and all the amenities with it for life. So it's a good investment, um, good place to start. But one of the main things that he would discuss is like, all right, if you want to get out of debt, there's a couple of things that are, you need to do. The first thing that, you know, they want you to do is to save up a thousand dollars, um, or 500 to a thousand dollars, depending on how much you get paid a month or yeah, monthly, like your own wages. So if you get paid a minimum wage, like let's say, I think the minimum wage now is like eight fifty nine, like $500 would be like your, 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 um, goal. Um, so once you hit that goal, then it's starting the snowball effect on your, your debts. So what happens is you take out, you know, pen and pen, pen and paper, write down the total amount you owe in all your debt categories. So let's say if you own a house, your mortgage loan, your car loan, your, um, student loans, um, whatever else you owe, if it's hospital bills, you write them all down and you put the highest to the lowest. And what happens is like the snowball effect is you pay the lowest first and then you work up to the highest. So my case, the only debts I have are a credit card, which I have, I owe 2100 and student loans, which I owe 25 something. And right now I'm not paying my student loans because I don't get paid enough. I'm, I'm still in transition from moving from Australia to Florida for a time and then moving up north to where that's where I eventually want to establish myself. So I'm like in that in between leeway. I still have a job, but it's not a job that I'm staying with. It's not a career, but I'm still saving. So anyways, um, you pay your lowest to highest. So right now my lowest is my credit card. It's 2100. Um, to pay it off um, in one year, 12 months if I wanted to do it, I, I calculated it being about $212 a month. Um, each, each credit bill, that's how much I need to pay to have it down to zero by the end of the 12 month um, period that I have. So since I'm not paying my student loans and I don't have to worry about that at the moment, all my extra money and whatever else is going to pay off this, this credit card. So, um, as of right now, I only get paid cause I'm, a, I work at this temp job, get paid $11 an hour. I work 48 hour, 40 hours a week. So 80, 80 hours every two weeks, you know, only comes out to about $700, you know, so $1,400 a month. I don't have any other bills besides my cell phone bill. And that's it. Oh, and then I pay for like gas in my mom's car and $50 a month for lawn care services. So all that taken out, you know, that's what, so it's 45 for my cell phone, um, about $80 a month for gas in the car and, um, $50 a month. So let's calculate maybe about $300 that I have to, I need to pay. And then all the rest of it goes to living, just living expenses like food, 
um, um, we have a dog now, so take care of the dog. Um, and then I also, you know, helped my mom out as far as like, I got her some tires on her car and yada, yada. Um, so yeah, I still have, you know, out of the thousand or $1,400, it's basically a thousand dollars or almost $1,200 of extra money that I could just put away neatly. Now I can't take, I have to also take into account that I still have to eat food. I cook, I cook and do all those things here. So, and I also, you know, there are people that you want to buy things for, yada, yada. Anyways, my thing is, is that, um, I can have this, I could really just have this debt paid off in the next two months, but because I still live here and I have to help out, I feel obligated to help out. I'm saving, um, 30% of my 20 to 30%, depending on how things are happening of my checks and putting that away into my savings account. So I've um, been doing that and then the $200 to my um, credit card bill and then the rest of it is just basically I let it sit there and decide what I'm going to do with that because I've been investing in these apps and things like that. So which is something I'll discuss in just a moment. So anyways, the snowball effect, I pay off the $212 by the end of the year or by the end of the 12 month time that should be finished. And when that happens, that $212 now rolls over to my student loans and whatever it is that my payment for my student loans, I attack that on. So I have $212 that I already don't have anyways. I just make that snowball onto the next bill, which is the student loans and tack on how much more that I can tack on. Maybe the, the bill will come up to $150 that I have to pay every month. So I have $350 that I pay towards that and that, and that way I can lower, I can pay off those loans more quickly. And then once they're gone, then you basically have a, a, you know, a a raise of $400 maybe by the time it's gone and free from all those debts to do what I need to do. So yeah, basically the, it starts out with you you find out what you owe, where your money's going. You need to see what you do. That's why some of these apps that I mentioned coming up are important so that you know what you're spending. You know your spending habits. You see where your all your money is kind of just, you know, falling through your fingers. Because once you use that card and start swiping away, you don't really recognize that, you know, this is actual cash money leaving your 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 your, your money, your accounts. That's why... Um, he prefers cash because when you see cash, you're less likely to spend it because you're like, I want to hold on to it. So yes, snowball, debt snowball. And that's as far, as far as Dave Ramsey's goes, that's as far as I say to go at this moment, because right now most people are not in the past, the paying off debt phase yet. Um, once you get past that, then it's really focusing on your, your retirement, um, um, you know, if you have children putting towards their, you know, schools, whatever, and getting them set up with their future, um, that's put into play. He also talks about 401ks and Roth IRAs. He really gets into those, the nitty gritty of what it means to get it, get yourself in a budget and moving forward. So, um, again, DaveRamsey.com, um, check him out. You want to start out with a budget. That's why I say start out with that, with that right there. You put a, yourself in a budget. Ask yourself, like, how much you spend on food a month? 
how much you need you spend on gas what are your your needs and your wants your needs you have a house payment you have a car payment you have those things that you have to pay in order to live you put those aside and then start calculating what it is that you're spending it on and work out what you need to do to pay off if you have debts right now to pay them off and still live comfortably. Yeah, during this time, it's not like you're going to be able to be like a baller and go out to eat all the time. Um, but it's small. It's a sacrifice that will pay off in the future that you won't have to worry about. So anyways, guys, I, I might have been all over the place talking about it, but really the basics is get a budget see where your money is going how much money you are taking out and that also includes all your netflix and hbo and hulu accounts whatever it is those extra things that you pay and you just don't think about because it's just there think about that because there's money coming out of your account that you just are oblivious to happening um with that being said there are a couple apps that i use to supplement um my budgeting so let's quickly talk about that so, okay, I want to try to go through it quickly, but succinctly. Budget apps. So first off, there's an app called Mint. So Mint is basically an intuitive app that you go in, you sign in, you put in all your 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 debts. It it all like links to all these things. So I'm linked to my, my Nailnet account, and then I'm linked to my um, Chase account of how much I owe, and it brings up all the information that regards each loan, each credit card, debt, whatever it is, it's all linked on this app. So the app opens up, shows you what your percentage of interest rate is on your your loans or your credit card. And if it sees that your interest rate is too high, it might even suggest you getting a new credit card, transferring over that credit card debt to a newer credit card, which has 0% interest rate that you can it could help you pay off more quickly because you're not having all this interest tacked on, which for me right now, that's what I need to do with my credit card because my interest rate is at 16%, um, which is freaking high. So um, I have to, I need to change that. So if I did that, I wouldn't have all that interest added on every month, which would make it easier for me to pay off that credit card. And this is what Mint does. It suggests these things to you. Hey, it suggests like, you could open up this Chase account, transfer over your, your debts to have 0%. And then once that year is up, it goes up to like 6%. So you'll be okay. Let's try doing that. So that's something that it prompted me to do and I'm going to do. Um, you can also look up your credit score on this through this app, which I just found out that apparently if you look up your credit score more than once, because you get one free look, I guess. But if you look at it more than once, that your credit score can potentially go down because you looked at it too much so I don't know if that's true or not but that's what I heard and like that kind of sucks but this, thankfully I've only looked at it my credit score right now is 760 which is great it's pretty high it's good it's level um I want to keep it that way and pay off these debts um so that puts it on there so all your including your Netflix including your AT&T your HBO all those little extra things that you take out a month it is all put into Mint app. And so it calculates how much you are take you are spending each month right now. What all things that you use it on, everything. And it includes your bank your bank account and it shows what you're spending on your bank. It takes all the information, puts it through, and it says, Hey, this is a snapshot of your actual spending. You spend 
this much on this and you spend this much on this. So my thing is I spend a lot of money uh, on food, which primarily a lot of people, especially people who are in my situation who you know live at home basically and don't have that much, you spend a lot of money on food, which reality is I need to spend less on food and put that towards investing or paying off bills, whatever. So it kind of gives you an understanding um, where you're at financially and it puts it in your face kind of like look this is what you're doing let's fix this and it suggests things so the mint app does all that it tells you how you could save some money where you could put this money how you you could put a budget in there and it'll be like hey you spent more over your budget this is your amount you know you're staying within it it keeps you on track and it's just it's really just easy once you set everything up it's there for you to look in every day and to assess where you're at and where you could go. Um, and it also gives you opportunity to, you know, get some savings plans in, in order. It's all there in this one app. So if you and the, all these apps that I'm suggesting I have looked up, they're all legit. They're all backed up by um, basically the same level of clearance as a bank does as far as like safety. And again, safety is safety. Not, not everything's perfect. People are going to do what they're going to do. People are going to people. Hackers are going to hack. Um, but for the most part, you could have the same wherewithal knowing that it's just under the same guise as, as a bank. Um, so yes, that's one app that I suggest everybody has, get it, put it together, helps you see where you're going, where you went, how you've been spending. Um, the second app as far as saving. So everybody should have a savings account or two or three, um, with whomever, so my savings account right now is with my current um, bank, which the interest isn't very high. I think it's, I don't even think it's like 1%. It's a really low amount. So, you know, if you have a savings account, you're supposed to recruit interest on it. So it's supposed to build itself over years. But mine is so low that it really is very, really just non, non-essential. But with that being said, there is a bank called Allied Bank, um, which I just recently heard about on a podcast. That if you're wanting to save it, I think she said it is like seven to six to seven percent that they add on each month, which is pretty high. Uh, so if you really want to be a saver and you don't want to touch any of it, Allied Bank is an online only bank because they don't have brick and mortar stores. This is why they're able to do such high percentages on savings. So if you really want to save some money, that's where you need to go. Got Allied Bank and open it up and start throwing your money in there and saving. Um, which I'm going to do because I'm like, bro, saving that much money is amazing. Um, so anyways, this app called Digit um, is basically a separate savings account for people who don't want to think about it. So Digit is all um, another app that is um, linked to your account. Um, the monthly fee for Digit, I believe, is a dollar. Um, so they take out a dollar from whatever it is that you take out from Digit. They take out a dollar just for the service fee, which is pretty, you know, nobody thinks about a dollar, whatever, a dollar is fine. But what happens is they, it sneakily takes out money from your account. So you can either set up to where it takes out a reoccurring amount every day, every week, every month, whatever, etc. Um, or you can just have it just set up and just put in whatever. So what it is you can do within the digit app, it's very, it's a very easy app to use. You can, you go in, you sign up, put your, your, you link your account, 
to it. And then you have the option of what it is that you want to kind of save for. So you could just like sneakily save for. So you could make a whole bunch of different um, categories. So I want to save for like a PlayStation or I want to save for a car or I want to save for these shoes that I want or I want to save for something, whatever. You can make as many categories as you want. And what happens is digit will take out whatever it is that sneaky amount is that you just don't pay attention, like that extra change that is not rounded up. It'll take it out and just disperse it amongst all the accounts that you create to put money in there. Just sneakily just put it in there so it's just set aside, but you don't think about it. Now, with Digit, the only thing is, like with any app, you can either um, approve the push apps or not approve them. And with Digit, like some banks don't do very well, there is a point where it stops taking money out of your account. So if it sees that you're really low on money and funds and you got bills that are coming up and you're already pretty low on it, Digit doesn't take out any money. It stops, which is a a great thing. It notices it's really smart. It pays attention. The algorithms are there. So if it gets down to like the low nitty gritty and you're like, oh, snap, Digit's like, oh, no, I got you. I know you you got things coming up. I'm not going to take out any money. And then once things happen, you get your money put in the account, then it just goes in and it's like, cool, I'm going to take out this much. This you'll be you'll be fine with this much gone. You won't notice it. And it just automatically just takes it out. You don't think about it until you look in your digit account and like, oh snap, there's like eighty dollars in here. I didn't even, you know, you don't notice it. So if you're one of those people that really don't you're not that great at saving, you're not really sure where to start, digit is a good, you know, supplement. It is not necessarily like there to be an active saver like being actively, every check you take out money, this is just an added bonus of saving. Just putting it aside, like you just don't put, you put it there, don't think about it. That's a great app to use. Again, all backed, you know, with the same sort of protection security as a bank. Um, so you can go in there with the idea like, all right, cool, I'm just doing that, blah, blah, blah. So Digits is awesome. Last one is um, Stash. Uh, Stash is an, an investment app. So if you're like me, I'm 33. Um, I was not taught anything as far as investing. Never knew. People always talk about invest, invest, go into stocks, blah, blah, blah. And me, I just didn't understand it. I'm like, well, what does that mean? If I invest, what, what happens to me? I give money to this and do I get money back? You, and like, and how fast do I get the money? Oh, you can make $100,000, cool, but it will take years. Like, but what? The point is, is that investing is also like a slow build, but it builds and if you find something that blows up, it could build fast. Um, so it's very much, it is, you know, like many things, there's a risk involved with investing because you could lose the money, but at the same time, it's like you knew you went in you have this idea, you know what's going to happen, so you're just going to do it. But what, what the best thing with Stash is, it basically takes out the middleman, that scary, not understanding of what this means to invest, and it helps you, it guides you step by step how to navigate this area of like being your own broker. So basically you go in, again, it, it links to your account. You can start off with investing $5 minimum into whatever you want to invest. So you sign up, then they ask you, you know, 
what kind of a portfolio you'd like. So portfolio basically is like all the the investing places you want to invest in and how many ones you want to do because you never want to just invest in just one thing. Um, so give you an example of the categories of portfolios that you can create. So the categories of things like I believe, believe which I believe, which is in a category that um, allows you to invest in causes that you believe in. So this is a great category. So if you want to, you're very adamant about things that I'm like, I believe in these things. This portfolio is for you. It has all the different companies or whatever places that you can invest in know, and, and things that you believe in. And it just brings you to that, makes portfolio based off of that. And it helps you, it guides you where to put your money in for that. And then the second one is I want. So these are broken down to products and services. These are basically like your Netflix, Netflix, HBO, um, you know, service apps like Walmart apps or whatever. Those are that's the kind of thing that they have. If that's something that you're like, cool, I know I can invest in that because I relate to that. I'm going to invest in that. And then it makes a portfolio for you that way. It gives you options to go through many different companies or whatever and choose which one you want to invest in. And the last one is I like. Which are your specific interests, like traveling. So, you know, if there's something you want to invest as far as like a travel company or I don't know, there's, I don't know, you, you want to invest in people who take care of elephant, elephants. I don't know. But that's basically the, the rundown of it. So you choose in the beginning from like one of those three categories and Stash automatically starts up basically your folder, your portfolio of things that you want to do. And you go in and you check through it um the different companies or whatever and you yourself choose which one you want to be a part of so it gives it's a lot uh, it's easy it's like cool i see this company i know this is what i want to invest with blah blah sign up stash takes care of it um and there's also stash is also kind of like an, a, a semi-digit where it can sneakily take out money from your account and invest it but for some reason, my bank doesn't do that, but it does it for this. Um, it also prepares you to open up for retirement, like their retirement 401k. There's an IRA, IRA, um, traditional IRA, and there's a Roth IRA. All the information as far as saving up for retirement, you can do it via stash. This is that is like, wow, cool. If you don't have anything in place at a job that you're working right now. This is the place to start with saving towards retirement. Because again, guys, if you're my age and I mean, I've lived my life in a sense, I've lived overseas and done those things. But as far as actually saving for retirement, I haven't done that. So this is something I'm like, I have to get started on. Like, I'm still pretty young, but it's like, it'd be nice if I had started it earlier, but that's neither here nor there. Because you can't rely on social security. It's not going to be nearly enough to live life and live life peaceably when you get to that age unless you want to work for the rest of your life um it's safe it's not a scam again just like the same thing banks have the stash app is of of the same thing um the fees for stash app is also a dollar so it's a dollar a month taking out just like you have for your bank accounts you're, there's a fee for having the bank account, so it's a dollar a month if you have invested under five or account that is under five thousand. Over five thousand, and you pay twenty point twenty five percent 
um, fee each year. So, you you know, it's really negligible. So it's like a dollar a month if you keep the stash app. So it's paying like twelve fifty a year um, towards the the keeping the stash app open. Um, so the cons with it, again, with anything you're investing, there's always going to be a risk. Let that sink in. This app is not going to make you rich. Um, it'll help you get towards making money and investing and getting your feet wet. But as with anything, um, investing has its risks and rewards. So you can't sit here and believe like you invest $4,000 or whatever into one company, which again, Stash will probably tell you that's not a good idea. You should always spread out all over the place. But um, it is wise. It Go in with the idea that you could start out making all this money and doing well, and then one day it could drop. So that is that is the nature of investing it's never a cut and dry you make money and that's it or you lose money that's it it's either or or it just stays stable so just go on with the idea of like i might make i'm going to make speak that out like i'm putting that out in the universe you i'm going to make money and if things happen that's fine but i'm still going to be okay because i'm still going to continue to invest and make money um but yeah if you Really want a better understanding of these things, I suggest you look up the Penny Hoarder. Um, they talk about all these apps and it gives you more of a rundown of how well they work um, and what the benefits are from you for you. And for me, again, your benefits, you could start a retirement and you can invest in things like stocks like Netflix and Disney. Like if I were somebody like Disney is about to take over and Hulu, all those things, like you can start investing now and in even in companies that might start like up and coming companies that might make it later, which... It's all there at your fingertips. So I suggest you just check out the Penny Hoarder. Just type in, you know, Mint app, Digit, digit, you know, and Stash. All of them are like the first things that come up when you check it out on Google. So guys, um, I hope that gives you a little bit of information. I'm not like that well-versed because I'm still learning. I'm, I'm using these apps and things are happening. But as, you know, time goes by, I can let you guys know how it's going. Um, I only just opened up my Stash app and digit app um maybe about three weeks ago so it's just beginning my mint app i've had for quite some time which i could say is very valuable so guys get on it start saving for your future start saving for that car you want so you can go in and ball out talking about i'm gonna buy that car and they're like yeah can you afford it yeah i'm gonna pay it with cash you know have those you want to be that person. If you're maybe if you're a giver like me, I want to have those opportunities where I can just go out and bless people just randomly and not expect anything else. So anyways, guys, again, I'm not well-versed in everything, but I hope this kind of gets you your, your juices going and maybe checking them out and, you know, putting your hands to something. Okay. All right. get this podcast down to like a little less but I like to talk and again that's okay you don't have to you could skip through whatever look it doesn't matter but I want to end it on this so TV shows podcasts and a little thing extra I shouldn't take too long 
quickly, I don't know if you guys know noticed from my last one. I'm a Game of Thrones fan. I loved Game of Thrones. Um, as much as I may not have been happy with this last season, series, or excuse me, season, um, for the most part, the show was great. Um, I wish they had changed, you know, hadn't rushed things in the end, but for the most part, it was good enough. Um, and then there's going to be spinoffs. So, hey, get your feet wet somewhere else. That's fine. But now we're in that moment of, unless you're like me, I'm already, my feet, my feet are in many different shows, many different books all at one time. So unless you already started these shows, I'm here to give you a couple suggestions on something that you can watch if you have not already checked it out for whatever reason. And if you have, then you know what? We're on the same page. I see you, you see me. Um, on Netflix, there's a show called Ozark. Um, basic premise, family of four um, young adult kids, or excuse me, young adolescent kids with their parents went from living the high life of financially speaking and end up moving to the sticks um, in the Midwest because of money laundering and drugs, etc. and fraud. And that's where the hijinks ensue. And this is more of a serious, you know, drama, whatever. Serious but crazy drama on the level, like, you know, Dexter level kind of thing. Like, does this actually happen? And it probably does happen in some ways. But anyways, two seasons. I think the third season should come out this year. Um, You know, Netflix is known for, well, a lot of shows are known for, like, doing two seasons and then skipping a year and then coming back the next season. So who knows? I don't know if the third season will be out this year. Hoping. Fingers crossed. Great show. Check it out. Um, HBO, Chernobyl. Um, I've watched the first episode and you know, you're like this first episode, I think there's on the third episode now. Listen, we all heard, if you don't know about Chernobyl, it is basically a nuclear plant that blew up. Um, and all the things that happened afterwards is crazy. And if you're into science and things like that, you know, like when, the, the that plant went off that whole city that is around it and the inhabitants around it are inhabited because the 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 science behind it I can't remember but things are the radiation in this the the air and the plants and the, and the, everything is just it's too much for any human or animal to live in as they say who knows right now I think apparently that you know they're deformed and um, sickly animals coming out from it. Don't quote me on that, but Chernobyl right now and the city that it was located in is uninhabited right now because of what happened back in 1980 something, I think. So yeah, check it out. Really well written, great actors, actresses. The show is wild because it's it's a true story. So yes, check it out. Um, again, back to Netflix, wild, wild country. I'm into documentaries. I love docu-series and um, documentaries, period. As long as I'm like, cool, let me just listen to this. I've watched so many documentaries, which next um, episode I'll talk about other ones. But this week, Wild Long Country is basically talking about this cult that was started back in the 70s. That was started in India. That grew and grew and grew worldwide. Um, moved over to a city in Colorado or Nevada, doesn't matter. They moved over into a city basically that was 
you know, population 200 or something, pretty much bought the whole city, renamed it, and were prepared to start their own, like, prepared to bring their their beliefs and systems to the entire world to permeate um, society, which they were doing very well back then. Um, but for whatever reason, the city that they moved into and their ideals and things like that did not rub the people, the rub the residents the wrong way and things ensue. The craziness that, that happens in that cult is wild, which is wild, wild country is a great name to call it, but it's six um, episodes. I'm on the fourth one right now. Um, bruh, that's all I gotta say. Check it out. I can't, I'm not gonna say anything else. Just watch the first episode, see how you go, and hopefully you make it through all six because it's a crazy, crazy cult, just like most cults. Um, another docuseries turned on, which was produced and I think directed in some episodes by um, Rashida Jones, which is Quincy Jones's daughter, one of his daughters. Um, it's basically about the sex ind- industry from porn to the webcam girls to um, how uh, apps, dating apps are changing people's perception of dating and talking and ghosting. It sounds crazy like, oh, you're watching about porn. It's, you see the other side and why people are doing what they're doing. It's interesting, um, you know, it's not for everyone. And it's not like they're explicit with everything they're showing, but you are, you are aware of what's going on. So you're, you, it's good to see what happens in that industry and, you know, why the pros and cons of what it's there for and why it shouldn't be there or why it should be there, but check it out. Um, and back to HBO again last week tonight with Jamie, um, not Jamie Oliver, but what is his name? I can't believe that is, that is, it's escaping me. Let me look this up. excuse me, not Jamie Oliver, last week tonight with John Oliver, whoo, because all these J's, John's, Jamie's, anyways, John Oliver, he's a British dude who lives in the States, who first started out on the Daily Show, I think that's what I remember him from, Daily Show with, um, um, John Stewart, very funny guy, um, a lot of people, his writers, everybody who's along with that show, they have a quality show and really go in depth about certain topics and things that are happening as far as the news and behind the news that people are not aware of. It's a great show. There's only, it's only one episode a week and they're 25 to 29 minutes each episode. No, no commercials on HBO. Um, check it out. We want to be informed about certain things. That is an excellent show to, um, do that with. And they also have clips on YouTube, so you don't necessarily have to have um, HBO to watch it. But you know, if you really want to watch all his episodes, you got to go on HBO. So as far as TV shows at the moment, um, check those out. Um, I'm open for suggestions if anybody has anything else. I have seen, I have to catch up on Handmaid's Tale, and I have to catch up on Westworld um, because Handmaid's Tale, this third season, is coming out pretty soon. And Westworld, I know, it doesn't come out till next year, but I still need to catch up. So anyways, guys, I hope that's a good, like, little note on things to watch. Now, things to listen to. Podcasts. I don't know if I've said it before, but one of my favorite podcasts from NPR, um, well, two of them, is Invisibilia um, and Throughline, and also Head and Brain. But Invisibilia is the main one. Invisibilia is basically um, a a podcast that's usually about an hour or a little bit more um, that goes in depth about invisible forces that 
move us through society. And each episode goes in depth about a certain topic, you know, a topic about what, how expectations are a thing when we are, when expectations are putting on, put on us that we live up to it and things that people can change your thought process. It's things that we kind of know about, but it's always interesting to hear it more in depth. So they have three years worth of shows to watch, I believe, went all the way back to, was it 2016? Um, check them out, binge the episodes, get informed, learn something new. Excellent, excellent show to listen to um, that anybody can listen to. You can play that in your office and people can just listen and be aware. Um, and lastly, um, I wanted to talk about, not talk about, I just want to bring it to your attention of like um, classes. So maybe you're one of those people who are out there who like wants to learn some kind of new trade or skill, but you're unable to do certain things and it's not easy to call it class and you feel uncomfortable with doing that and you're more comfortable with just being at home and learning on your own. Online courses are the way to go. Um, we all know that there's some free courses or courses that are cheaper, like Coursera has things, Skillshare is a place that has, I believe they still have some free courses that you take. Um, easy resources for you to go out to learn something new. I'm content. I'm currently using my old school's continuing education, but it's open to anybody. It's called UCF continuing education. You go on that, um, site and they have hundreds of classes or courses you could take online that vary from just six weeks to nine weeks to a few months at a time, but you pay less. And because it's all online, um, and each course can be six weeks time, you take, uh, the test at the end and you get a certificate of completion and understanding of the course and play by play. I recently just finished an editing course, um, copy editing. And then I just am finishing a, uh, computer skills, skills for the workplace basically takes you through all like Microsoft word, PowerPoint access outlook and put you through with an actual interactive step-by-step on how to use them and what they're used for. These, and that's just one of the many, like there's there's language courses there, um, you know, uh, program um, designing, um, drafting, all of that is encompassed in UCF continuing education. And most of the courses that are 24 hours or six weeks long only cost about $126, I think. So that's, you're paying that finish. You do your course every Wednesday, Friday, you have two lessons that are put out and a quiz and homework to do, but it's very simple, easy to um, navigate, easy to get through, learn something new, put your hand to something and just kind of like get your feet wet to, you know, being back in school. So that's my suggestion on things to learn. If you want to learn something new, check it out. Other than that, I've said a lot during this episode. I hope that, um, I hope that you guys took something from it, whether it was whether about thinking about budgeting or thinking about your future or a new TV show to watch, something. But apply something of it that I've taught you. Go look at these apps. Go assess where you're at. You are able to save up to do things that you thought you weren't able to do. It is possible. Um, don't think that you are limited by your 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 money and you're limited where you're at. Yes, I understand people or situations are different, but there is a way. Just take it day by day, step by step. 
Um, you might have an answer to something and you might have something that's put in you that we need. You just don't realize it's there because you haven't been able to actually tap into it. So anywho, um, go out, go forth, apply, have a good week. Enjoy your Memorial Day. Do whatever one does on Memorial Day. I, you know, as it's supposed to be a day that we remember people, we tend to just, it's just another day off and, um, do something for yourself, self-care, whatever it is you need to do. Um, have a great week. Hopefully I'll be in here next week. Who knows? I'm just choosing to do this podcast when I have the time and when I felt lead, led to. And hopefully I can get to the point where it's more consistent. But you know what? I'm not perfect. That's okay. Anywho, guys, nice talking with you. I will talk to you later. Bye.